Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer along with you. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk about the HBO smash hit television show, Westworld, and how Westworld connects to the world of education, the world of learning, uh, of course, uh, artificial intelligence, and so much more uh, topics throughout season one and season two of that show. Uh, first, I always like to check in. Brandon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. I think I'm doing well. Uh, although after in preparation for the show uh, and thinking about Westworld, I'm not sure that I'm doing anything. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think I thought I was doing well. Right. But, you know, now I'm not so sure. Yes. And Michael Someone yourself? Is doing well through me. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I guess I'll leave it at that. Interesting. Your consciousness somewhere is doing well. Um, Michael, how about, how about yourself? I'm doing uh, wonderfully well. Yeah, yeah, not to one-up you. So you think. Uh, but, uh, well, the I who is speaking is saying this, uh, whether it is conscious of this or not. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Like, the, I, like I mentioned to you guys, like, uh, during my week off, my homework was to watch all of season two of Westworld, uh, which, uh, which was interesting because it wound up being, like, a mixture of, like, leisure and like homework yeah so uh that's so, good that so, boy so i thought that was cool uh and then also for our listeners like there's themes in westworld that we think are broader and that's going to be the main focus of today's show but we're also going to take liberties about talking about uh plot development and stuff that happens throughout season one and season two of westworld so right so there's like a little punnet square about do you care about Westworld and have you seen Westworld through season two, right? That we're yes. just to try to, to disclaim Correct. this for our listeners. Yes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've seen Westworld through season two, you're right on, you're right on par with us and uh, we're going to have a fun conversation. If you have not seen season two or, or any parts of Westworld and you don't want to be spoiled, we would definitely encourage you to do your homework Pause the recording right now. Do yeah, your homework. Pause for back. 20 hours. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else will be here. Because if you just like, you know, AI, robots, trending in education, this, right. show, this show's for you. It's for, for you. you. Especially if you don't mind a little spoilage had you not gotten all the way through season two. So, uh, so that was sort of the disclaiming of the spoil. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to go back to, uh, to talk about Westworld, right? Absolutely. And uh, we've already had an episode on the art of the spoil. So you can go back and listen to that uh, as a precursor to being spoiled here on the show. But uh, uh, Mike, season uh, one of Westworld was called The Maze. Season two called The Door. Uh, there's philosophy here. There's artificial intelligence. There's all sorts of educational roads we can go down. Where, where do you want to kick off? Where do you think the sort of uh, best entry point into this discussion uh, of Westworld and the television show in, in conjunction with education and learning? Yeah, I my, my, my thought is that we maybe go highest level first, which is like AI and robots, right? And uh, we're a learning and education program. And there's a lot about learning and how robots learn and how uh, machines learn about humans and about how humans learn about uh, machine intelligence and uh, artificial intelligence. Um, I think that's probably a good place to start uh, is just sort of thematically, if you're interested in this stuff, you should, uh, you should definitely watch the show, uh, but also you could probably just listen to people talking about the themes of the show uh, and get a lot out of it without even watching Westworld. Like, I just think what I found, honestly, some of the show itself, I find a little bit plotting and like dour. Uh, frankly, at times, like I, I want like a, 
I want like it's Westworld. Like, where's the cabaret? Like, what, yeah. why, why aren't they doing like synchronized dances? Like that. Like we know robots are already learning how to do synchronized <laughs> dancing. But anyway, that's a separate. That's a separate thing. I think we start at the top. That it's about robots, right? It's about learning. It's about. Uh, can robots understand humans? Can machines understand humans and vice versa? I think we should give a shout out to Elon Musk also. Like this is, okay. uh, since we haven't done it in a while. Yeah, and like, he might need it. He hasn't been on a hot No, he is going to build a submarine and a tube <laughs> and he was just tweeting. Um, so two things. One, there's a bunch of Neuralink style uh, information transfer. Yes. And then Neuralink, just in case folks are, haven't uh, grokked that exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the matrix style plug that's going to go directly into your brain that, that, that Elon Musk is intending to build. Yes. That will transfer. I, I'm, I'm imagining it's like little robotic fingers in your brain uh -huh. that are going to like massage you into knowing things. Yeah. And it's like the back of your head, right? Ba it's gotta be the back of your head. Yeah, like yeah. if it's in the front of your head, like it's going to be, that's a real downer. Yeah. So, it's like the matrix, but like, but like some kind of like, like animatronic, like, yeah. a, like a, what a mid midichlorian kind of something, something, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that is, uh, you know, how knowledge gets transferred to the robots. By, by the way, um, lots of iPad, like bringing, bringing tablets back. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, the park administrator slash, um, robot, uh, robot dad, um, yeah, yeah. goes and has his, like, uh, his iPad uh -huh. or his, his, uh, not brand, uh, not specific, uh, tablet <laughs> yes. and sort of dials up now, now, you know, everything about X. Right, right. So I think one Elon Musk shout out is, um, you know, in, in the Neuralink sort of space, it, it just a good reminder about what um, knowledge and education and uh, sort of IQ, EQ, how those things are sort of only loosely tied. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you can, you can dial up uh, someone's smarts and transfer them knowledge and yet they still are not yet quite human. So, right, right. you know, how, how human is learning? I mean, you know, we talk about machine learning, how human is learning, how human is um, the sort of uh, IQ, EQ piece. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's an interesting uh, topic. And the other is Elon Musk is, um, is a, uh, uh, an AI fearer. Yes. Right? He, right. He's, he's a do AI doomsdayist. Yes. Yes. And I think Westworld, like he must watch Westworld yes. and just cower. Yes, from like the hot tub uh, in the valley with the bubbly you know, after he, in his he, hot tub. He parks. You know, he probably parachutes in in his uh, Tesla that was shot into outer space. <laughs> I think so, or bored through the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, Elon, this is a show for you, yeah. Elon Musk. Right. Stop listening right. to training and education, Elon, and go and watch it if you haven't already. Right. Right. And for him, it's a whole other thing. Where uh, when I get bored. Uh, from from Westworld, I, I just start to doze off. But when he gets bored, he's creating a hyperloop. It sure uh, is to uh, Seattle. From, yeah. from the Bay Area. That's right. Yeah, uh, lots to dive into from a robotics perspective. There's a, an article out there I'll share about uh, how coders should watch uh, Westworld as well to understand how this can. I, I, well, part of it was how it can all go wrong. One that the code can sort of take over itself and, and grow, but also just how important the, the base code is and, and growing your portfolio and understanding how uh, coding works. Do you see that, Brandon? Do you see this as a show for coders, for people to understand how coding works? Or is it a little bit too uh, in the weeds there uh, to say that it's a good educational experience for someone who wants to go into coding? Uh, 
That's a good question. I'm not sure I have a good answer to it. I, I, it's not like um, you're, you're not learning how to code. I think that if, is it inspirational in terms of uh, for makers, right? Like the, the whole park is full of, of makers and then the sort of the maid and that the, the relationship dynamic there is very interesting. I, I think just, it, just to be clear, the maid, M-A-D-E. M-A-D-E, not, yeah. Not, not, like, not, not like the robot. For those who haven't seen it, it's not like there's Rosie uh, sweeping up after people. Right, right yeah, on, yeah. on Desolation Row. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, uh, I, so I, I think that if you are interested in robotics, if you're interested in machine learning, artificial intelligence, you know, sort of deep learning, uh, I think the show is inspirational. So mm-hmm. it, it's not a sort of a primer on you know, what a, a, a job in robotics or, edu- or, or um, coding is going to be today. But in terms of, you know, w- what we are uh, either boldly moving towards, careening towards. Um, limping uh, careening forward. Towards. Yeah, yeah limping, like what, some, we are approaching this future in which some of these things are going to be some of the things that we're grappling with. So I, I think that's a long way of saying, yes, I think it probably is. Um, but not in, uh, you know, like watch someone as a coder, you know, as an engineer working in a workplace today. And, and it's, it's not, it's not that. Yeah. I, uh, I, th- I think I, I would agree. I also would say, uh, I thought the venture beat article, um, was, was good in that it was talking about developers. I think it's probably narrow in, uh, focusing just on developers. Cause I, I think there's a couple things that are are really useful about watching this. I think one is you get an underlying narrative to tie a lot of these sort of bigger conceptual things that we're dealing with uh, to so that you can sort of reference a common uh, history. Like also like if I were teaching uh, a group of developers or a group of ethicists or uh, a group of uh, honestly, like managers or, or, or folks sure. who want, like, you know, potential entrepreneurs, I would, I would love it if this was like, like uh, a prerequisite, like watch Westworld and then we're going to reference it. Cause then I think that ties to a lot of what we've talked about on the show where like, if you have stronger narrative hooks underneath, it can help sort of fully flesh out a conceptual framework. And I think that conceptual framework the second part that i like is it's very futurist so like it's very much not where we are today it's where we could very well be in the relatively near future um i think those two components make it really useful um edutainment Mm -hmm. uh and that's why for me you know referencing back to my vacation where it felt a little bit like homework there were parts you were getting tamed, but well, they were also par- getting edgy. Yeah, there were parts of it where, <laughs> like, just like a you know a younger Mike Palmer who was known to maybe uh, procrastinate in some of his uh, <laughs> his prep before before like a seminar, for example. You know, if I didn't get a hundred percent out of an uh, a show early in the season, I knew I had enough uh, time to catch up on the end of the season. And I would also say, season two, I thought the last few episodes. Uh, were, were really great. I thought the finale was phenomenal. And then uh, Kiksuya, uh, the one about, with uh, the, from the perspective of, uh, of, of the Native American, uh, was, was probably my favorite yeah. uh, episode. That and uh, I also liked uh, the one, um, The Riddle of the Sphinx, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, those are probably my two favorites, just because they, they got at the Um, sort of the humanity of the character, uh, which even sort of further contextualized um, the, 
the the enormity of the the world in a really interesting way because the rest of it is kind of like you know dolores uh the the deathbringer uh <laughs> just like killing killing dolores. killing a lot yeah. of stuff yeah exactly yeah but yeah uh, i think of it, just to pick up on a thing you just talked about about the narrative uh, about narrative and narrative hooks I, I think that was one of the interesting parts for me is so much of it is about stories right so they're writing a new narrative mm. or they have a, a new sort of storyline that they're introducing and mm -hmm. you know, who's aware of whose story and you know i think again to the question that dan you asked about sort of is this for someone who is interested in developer and being a developer or a coder engineer um it's also i think interesting for for story writers right and it, you know, it's almost um, the, the, the robotics of building the hosts mm -hmm. is in terms of screen time, mm -hmm. you know, it is that's um, made secondary to the writing of stories for the hosts. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, again, sort of a referendum on the human condition is it's so much of what we perceive and, you know, what informs our worldview is the stories that we've heard, the stories that we tell mm -hmm. each other, or the stories we tell about ourselves. And so I, I think... Um, that was very interesting to me about the you know the the most human part of these robots is not how close a facsimile they are to us physically it's you know how we give them the stories that make them seem human for sure and uh and just kind of building on that like the the component that i thought was really interesting uh was the 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 notion of the valley beyond uh, which is uh, this is really getting into deep spoilers. Yeah, uh, this, yeah. Is, this is the finale. We've gone from themes to yeah, like this. This, the this is what happens at the end. But uh, but like there, there's this notion of the valley beyond, uh, which you know obviously it it has narrative elements to it. It also has like uh, religious elements and sort of like those those kinds of themes, which are very deep deeply encoded in how humans our firmware you know has a lot of this type of theme to it. Um, the, that narrative I thought was really interesting. And then uh, that got me thinking about the Valley Beyond and the Uncanny Valley. Mm, and, the uh, Uncanny Valley Beyond. Exactly. Because the Uncanny Valley, which we've talked about before, is yep. uh, when, when robots uh, start to get close to being human, but, uh, but when they get, uh, they get too close but fail, it starts to feel uncanny. You get creeped out. And uh, that to me was, was an interesting uh, lens through which to sort of think about the narrative of the Valley Beyond and uh, reminded me a little bit of, we talked about the second uh, Uncanny Valley, which is when humans start to seem like robots. That's, that's, the show is full of that. Which is full yeah. of that. So I, I actually, I didn't, I just, this came up uh, I, this, while I was prepping this morning for the show, <laughs> I, I started thinking about the Uncanny Valley. I bet if I did a Google search right now, I'm not going to do it because I don't, I don't, or Dan, are you doing it? I, I will do it. Yeah, you yeah, don't. Yeah. No, I thought you did it already. No, no, no. Like, it's one of those things when you come up with what you think is a good idea and then you go to Reddit and you're like, oh, okay, somebody came up with this, uh, you know, six weeks ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Uncanny yeah. Valley. I, yeah, I think it, that's um, it's everywhere. This is, this is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A nice job coming with something original, you robot. In parallel. It's like, it's, it's part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Zeitgeisty. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, so this is like, this is full of, this is as spoilt as you can get, is that when the robots yeah. make it through the door. Okay, this is a big spoil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a big spoil. It's good. This is a good one. If you've listened this far yeah. and you are just now figuring out that we're going to spoil you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're, I guess, yeah. or sorry yeah. for you. Wow. Um, 
they make it through the the door, which is like a fissure. Yes. Really. Yes. And they're I thought it was clever how they did it and their bodies fall off the, the cliff. So they're yes. they're they're physical representations of themselves cease to exist yes. or they you know are discarded and so it, it's a it's a very clear signal that the real essence of these um hosts is not their physical selves it's their you know and is evident by the same sort of uh cortex being put into a different body uh, right. that happens later in that episode but mm -hmm. that the value beyond they exist there in a non-physical way even though they, they see themselves having the bodies they remember yep. um, i thought that was that was very interesting too i agree and and that to me when you were talking before about the Neuralink component uh i thought it was it, it was you know triggering a similar thought in my in, in my pearl in my little uh my, <laughs> my little brain uh ball they're little brain balls for those of you who haven't seen it yeah <laughs> they're these little spheres that plug into the middle of the robot's heads and you can swap them around which uh which is gonna get fun next oh, season sure there's gonna be That's a lot a big of juggling, question for me next juggling of robot brains but uh but while you were uh while you were talking about that i was thinking about how after they boop beep bop boop on their uh on their ipad uh, or their 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 Delos uh, tablet. Yep. Uh, that the 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 skills or the cognitive components are added to their software, but there is a meaningful component which is then embodying that within the the physical the physicality of the robot. Yep. And then uh, the valley beyond is the the shedding of that embodiment, but you know it does raise some interesting mind body questions For too, sure. where like, you know, what does it mean to be human? And like, you know, if, if we could be, uh, if we could go to the Valley beyond, I think many of us, myself included, are much more materialist in our understanding of our consciousness where, you know, that's a wonderful idea that there'll be a, there'll be a Mike, Mike Palmer program, you know, dancing around in, uh, in the wilderness, but like, I'll be dead. You know? so, like, <laughs> so like, it's, it's an interesting thing. Whereas if your, your, your nature is robot, the Valley beyond is actually your Eden. And then if your nature is analog, like I believe ours is a digital Valley beyond is, is unattainable to, to a human. And, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It's digital heaven, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, that's the way I perceived it watching it was that that was a religious experience was the, the soul separating from the body and, and moving on to this valley beyond was the, the heaven uh, context we get out of a lot of religions here uh, was, was the next step is how I, I perceived that. Interesting talking about the un, uncanny uh, valley in that uh, if you remember in season one, uh, Wild Bill was somebody that Ford visited with a lot and that he was somebody that was clearly a robot. Mm -hmm. And they actually made mention a couple of times over about how those robots were better because you could tell they were robots. Yep. Like they, they made those mentions in season one. Um, I also have a question, Brandon, about memory. Like they talk a lot about um, the, the recall, right? Because these uh, robots over time remember their past lives. Um, it seems there's a, a theme throughout there about our own memory, our own recall of past events and how that makes us who we are. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think that's a, a portrayal they're trying to put forward here that, you know, our subconscious, our, our old memories really start to build who we are? And though we may forget them or they may get lost back there, they still help build who we are? Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, there's, I mean, memory is a big theme for the whole show. A um, couple thoughts on that. So one, there's a, I, I think some good there, I was just listening to a podcast, a Malcolm Gladwell podcast earlier this week about 
you know, the, um, uh, how reliable our memories are. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that there is something there that, you know, plays in the theme that did this happen to me? Um, you know, is this a real thing that I'm remembering? I'm half remembering. So I, I think that's, that's definitely, um, interesting. I also think that, you know, a, a big theme for season two is when are we, Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they did a lot in terms of particularly th- through the Bernard uh, character, they did a lot around time. And yes. so memory is interesting because memory is um, is directional. Mm-hmm. Right. Something that you are remembering happened in the past necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, if you don't know when you are, it's hard to know, you know, sort of what memory you're tapping into. Are you sort of oh, sure? Are you tapping into a memory of the future, right? right? Which right. is sort of incomprehensible almost. But um, when uh, you know the sort of the line turns less linear, uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. I agree. I mean, I also think uh, you know it made me think about a fugue state. You know, like the idea, like and even the music is almost like a fugue, and the whole thing is sort of like I'm being spun around in circles. I'm not sure what's real or not. Uh, I honestly was. When uh, when Bernard, I think at one point is uh, is saying like, "Is this now?" It made yep. me think of David after dentist. It made me think like it's almost like those of you who don't know David after dentist, it's one of the top like uh, YouTube videos of all time where like uh, like a six year old kid just gets back from the dentist. Uh, he's in the back seat of his dad's car. His dad's recording him uh, uh, on his 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 phone. And uh, the kid's coming off like heavy, heavy dentist medicine. And, uh, and he's like, is this really happening? Is this real life? You know, and it, but it was just kind of, it is funny when you start, think about, start thinking about, um, you know, waking up and being aware of who you are. There's also this notion of like a fidelity test, which is uh, almost a two-way fidelity test. It's like, are you, con- are you sentient enough? Can you function? Uh, but also, can you pass for, it's like a Turing test. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you convincing? Can you actually play uh, the role? And uh, it is, I think that's an interesting one that, uh, that, that, that narrative structure, I think, applies to both uh, machines who are trying to be human, but also to humans. Because like, we're trying to, in some ways, you know, play our own role in our own book, which is, you know, again, sort of the narrative uh, or, or sort of the, the analogy in The Forge, you know, like where it's a big library and we're all writing our own uh, stories. Uh, and then even the idea that humans uh, are relatively simple in the algorithms that we operate by. Um, I thought that was, that was some deep stuff, you know? So yeah. like, I do, I, I would say for those who have trouble with the the slowness and the, 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 the sort of somber tone and the, the dystopian component, by the time you get to the end, I think there's, there's, there's meaningful payoff uh, at, at, at the end of season two, because a lot of these themes really start to emerge then. Yeah, I thought it was, um, it was interesting that they went with, uh, uh, with, with books in, in the forge right there. Yes. There's like a little um, portrait of the artist uh, forged in the smithy of my soul bit there, I, as I read it anyway. But that they, this super digital world has chosen to represent, you know, the summation of the, of the guests' lives mm-hmm. as recorded surreptitiously, apparently by the, the band in the hat that you choose. Uh-huh. Come on. Yeah. Um, as, but as books, as like actual paper, leather-bound tomes. I right. thought that was um, 
that was a kind of a, an, an interesting choice. Well, and it even raises some questions about, is that real? You know, like, is that actually, is that just a representation of, you know, like, cause there is always that question when you're watching, it's yeah. like, is this actually happening or yeah. is this somebody misremembering it? Uh, yeah. And, and then the, the related point I think about the forge is like how spot on Westworld season two uh, is about data privacy and the level to which, uh, you know, absolutely these sort of lovely experiences that we're engaging in are really designed to harvest our uh, unique personal data yeah like that is fundamental that's why i stopped two. wearing cowboy hats after watching <laughs> season two. oh my god yeah but but i mean i don't know it's uh because the surveillance side of it for sure no i think it's it's, it's like you know because uh again deep deep spoilage but like the whole notion that the entertainment park is designed to understand what it is to be human so the the humans who are attending the park are being used by the delos corporation to design this sort of immortality thing for like the, 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 the Uber elite. And then also just to make a ton of money and like, they don't care, you know, like whatever sort of uh, unfortunate uh, mishaps happen along the way, as long as they continue to get closer to that, uh, that uh, grail, you know, of, uh, of immortality, they don't care. It's, it's, I will say Delos is a much more sophisticated uh, uh, creation of Skynet. You know, like the Skynet Corporation was what 1994 thought, you know, or even the 80s, I guess, yeah. Skynet goes yeah. back that far. But like, but today, like when you start designing the, the evil empire that is, uh, well, first off, some of them may already exist. But if you, <laughs> if you were to design a narrative about them, it starts to get really interesting. It's and more it, sophisticated now. And it feels like next year, like we're going to get to know more about Delos, I would think. I right? would like, imagine. Because like, the, way, the way it ended, um, the, and then the ending was just uh, with... Uh, the multiple ending. Like the, the, they just kept ratcheting up the ending, which was pretty impressive as, as, it, as they left us. Um, probably coming up on time. Uh, Mike, do we have a, an announcement here? Do we have a, a new, new extra coming uh, for Westworld that uh, people will see uh, in, in the not-too-distant future? Uh, that's what we've been discussing that. Yeah. So uh, two things I think related to that. One is uh, for folks who like the West world, they like extras. They like us talking about pop culture. Uh, we are planning to launch more extras uh, going deeper into some of these themes uh, with a new spinoff uh, called the cradle. Uh, so the cradle will be launching uh, soon. Uh, so stay tuned and related to the cradle, uh, if if you think you might like the cradle, you probably loved the Citadel. So the Citadel was our uh, our launch last summer, uh, which it was a breakdown of season seven, episode by episode, episode by episode of Game of Thrones. Some of our our, our most uh, most downloaded episodes of Trending in Education are about Game of Thrones. So we're listening, uh, and uh, we'll bring back uh, at least one more episode of the Cit the Citadel. Uh, in advance of uh, 20, looks like 2019 Game of Thrones will be back, but we haven't really talked about it since last summer. So uh, be on the lookout for those extras uh, in the future. And as you can see, like, there's plenty to talk about. I mean, we could go on and uh, maybe bring in some guests to talk about Westworld. Uh, and actually, maybe for a Game of Thrones show, try to bring in a few other uh, Thronesters, uh, depending on, uh, on how they're feeling. So, uh, so yeah, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. 
Brandon, any final thoughts? Uh, as Mike said, so much that we could cover here. Uh, not, not final word here on Westworld, but final thoughts for this podcast. It's just so real, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so fake, but so real. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I think next uh, week, uh, we're going to drop an episode about um, uh, home assistant, uh, personal assistant, uh, yes. Alexa. And yep. I think the, you know, Mike, you were just talking about um, surveillance and data collection and data privacy. Like it's, it's art imitating life uh, as much as life imitate art, imitates art here. So there, I think that the, although this will come back to you, I think in, a, in an extra, the themes are very much consistent with, you know, what we have been and we'll be talking about um, in uh, training and education. So uh, I'm uh, excited. When I had the aha moment about the data privacy, it was right around the Facebook uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, congressional hearing. So I, I had that aha of, oh, this is, oh, this is really happening. Um, great episode, uh, great discussion, so much more to dive into. You will see the cradle uh, in the not too distant future. You'll, you'll learn more about that on Twitter as well. Follow us over there at Trending and Ed. And of course uh, on Facebook and trendingandeducation.com as well. As Brandon said, next week, we're talking about uh, personal assistance, data, uh, digital assistance, Siri, Alexa, and the like, and data privacy. Tune in for that on here, Trending in Education. 